We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Cowboys escape Lubbock with a win. I escaped Lubbock without getting hit by any tortillas. It's good to be back with you. Kyle, what's up, man? Not much. I I feel I feel uh I don't know. I feel fired up right now. I don't know why. No no game no game this week, but I'm just like I've just got some takes. I need to get out there, I guess. I don't know. You should be anything but fired up. You're are off, and then they play Baylor. This is like the downturn of the. This is like the slowest portion of the schedule. Well, I'm not necessarily fired up about Oklahoma State. I'm just fired up because I've got. I feel. I feel like the the uh, pool is full. Like I, I've got. Like like you get to those points in the season, you're like, I, I don't. I just don't have anything to say. Like after the South Alabama game, you're like, I, I don't. I got nothing. Well, but lay right it now, on me. Lay it on me. What, what's your hottest of hot takes? Well, Kyle Boone wrote something yesterday about how. The tech game, he thought, um, p- brought on a lot of red flags for Oklahoma State, and he got just eviscerated for what he wrote. And I, I don't really think he was necessarily wrong. I think that, you know, if, if Oklahoma State's a championship level team, you you don't lose at home to TCU and then go on the road and barely beat Texas Tech. I, I just and and we talked about this in our post game show, like. One game like that is an outlier, and two is it's kind of a trend. Now, can this team go nine and three, ten and two, eleven and one, something like that? I mean, yeah, I guess. But we thought it was going to be a championship contender coming in, and it looked like it. It looked like it was through three games, and then I, I just, I'm kind of down on on the way that they've played so far. And people are like, oh, but a, a win on the road is a win on the road, and it's like. Yeah, I watched that 2011 game at Tech too. It was 66 to six. Like, is Tech is Tech this year that much better than Tech that year? Maybe, but yeah, they are. That they are. that that was a championship level team for Oklahoma State, and this it just doesn't feel like it so far. Yeah, it feels like uh, it has the past couple years where OSU just kind of plays everyone close right and you and I thought that would be a lot different I I do agree with you on that I do think Tech's a little better Kyle their defense tackles better looks like they know what they're doing a lot more than they had in years past but the fact is Kyle OSU dominated that game it was just it came down to red zone they get 10 of their 11 drives were inside the 10 yard line they just didn't score touchdowns so I I feel like the game was not that far away from being a 2011 style beatdown they just couldn't they their red zone offense sputtered and I, I think that was the only reason Tech stayed in the game. I mean, Mason throws one of the worst passes of his career. Instead of instead of it being fourteen nothing, it's seven seven. Place is losing its mind, and all of a sudden you're in a game. So I, while I agree with you that you know they haven't looked as strong in Big Twelve play as we kind of thought after non conference, they should have blown Tech off the field. They just couldn't punch it in the end zone. And I, part of that's Mike Gunny not having the guts to go for it on fourth down with a, and like my deal is like. Go if you have a senior quarterback who you think is good enough to win the Heisman, and your offense did whatever it wanted all night. It's Texas Tech. It's not Texas. It's not Oklahoma. Like just like step on their throat in the game right there. But Gundy lo- loves to settle for field goals. I just that to me was maddening. Yeah, I guess I just I I don't like the. Well, if they would have done this, if they would have, if they if they would have gotten off the field against TCU, they would have they would have beat them, beat them bad. And it's like if if they would have scored in the red, like at some point you have to like do the thing, you know, whatever whatever the thing is that's that's keeping you from looking like a championship contender, a Big Twelve title 
a candidate, a, a, a college football playoff candidate, you have to uh, like actually accomplish whatever it is that that you're talking about. You know, well, come and, on, like, Kyle. They were they were completely outplayed by TCU. They they completely dominated Tech. Those are two very different games. Well, they I completely mean, dominated. They had six hundred. They, they damn near seven hundred yards. They did whatever oh, they wanted. That's fine. I don't. I don't. I don't. They held care. Tech to three hundred something yards. And Tech was driving to tie the game with three minutes left. Yeah, because they just they their kicker couldn't make a chip shot. Okay. I don't. I don't care what the thing is. Like I. I don't. I don't care. Like what is holding them back from blowing teams out? You gotta. You gotta figure all the stuff out. Championship level teams don't. I mean, they. They don't. They don't have these excuses like, well, if our kicker made this, if we would have gone for it there, like you just go out and, and Quinn Sharp. Teams. If Quinn Sharp's field goal goes in, oh, she's playing for national title. That, that's the the flawless 2011 team wasn't flawless either. I'm just saying that they were a little more dominant than you're giving them credit for. Is all I'm saying. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I think it remains to be seen. I, I think where I think what where Tech ends up in the conference is going to be interesting. I was listening to Dave Hensacker the other day, and he was talking about how, you know, Tech is a team that um, normally starts out pretty strong, and they kind of fade late. And so this might – I think it looks like a, a pretty decent win right now just on paper. I, I, I'm with you. I think Tech is, is all right. But what about in December? You know, is Tech a are – they, are they a 6-6 six and six team? Are they 5-7? and seven? Are they 7-5? and five? Are they – I don't know what they are. And so I'm interested to see how it looks in a month or, or two months or whatever. But I don't know. I just I, – I feel I, – I thought going into T, into the TCU game, this was – this had the chance to be an all-time team. And they haven't looked like it so far in the Big 12, both in, in their win and in their loss. And, and that's uh, – I don't know. That's kind of disappointing to me. Yeah. I mean, I can agree with you that they, they don't look as elite as you and I were talking about after the Pittsburgh game. But I, I, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. But I am concerned about the red zone offense. I don't think that's a problem that's going away because they want, it's one thing to spread the field and have the whole field to work with marching up and down the field. But as you know, down in the red zone, the field gets much smaller, much more compact, can't spread them out as much, and you have to run for tough yards. And as great as Justice Hill is, he's not a power back. And that's why I want to see J.D. King down there on the goal line. But I do think some of the issues they had against Tech will, will carry over moving forward. I, I agree with you about that with, with J.D. King. J.D. King has, has uh, three rushes in two Big 12 games. He had, he had one against TCU, and he had two against Texas Tech. I, I, don't, I don't get that. You know, Mason Rudolph ran it 11 times against Tech, and J.D. King has three in two games. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Something there doesn't add up. Um, but you're right. I mean, and they've had that problem for, you know, you take away J.W. Walsh and it's like they don't know what to do in the red zone. They, they, they can't, um, I don't know, they've, they've had times where they just haven't, haven't been able to figure it out. And you got to figure that stuff out. You know, you got to, you got to, you can't, especially against teams like OU and, and at West Virginia, you can't settle for, for field goals. And apparently you don't even want to because, <laughs> Uh, you know, missing twenty-two yarders and and uh, nineteen yarders and whatever it was, I I I, uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see how they handle things in the red zone from now on. Well, there's a reason they came up with the Walsh package, right? They they were struggling a bit in the red yeah. zone with with Rudolph, and Rudolph used to just scoff anytime you brought up Walsh and the red zone stuff. He always acted like I can get it in there and score just as well. 
and uh, it's time for them to prove it. But uh, they did not get it done. Five five touchdowns out of ten tries is not is not good enough, especially for this offense. But there were some positives though in the game. I thought uh, thought the defense getting those stops late was huge, and um, obviously. I guess I'll save that for my my toast. Are we doing a toast or no? No, no toast because we got a guess. So you can you can. Okay, we, I, I'm gonna crack open a uh, DNR anyway, even though it's, I'm not toasting anybody. For <laughs> um, you know, as much as we talk about James Washington and, and rightfully so, the guy's incredible. That third down they went to Washington over the middle with like three guys. That was a Justin Blackman level that play. A, that was a joke. And it's great, and and he's really overshadowed Marcel Aitman as far you know Marcel Aitman's as good of a receiver as you can find in college football, and that catch he made to extend that drive and, and essentially win the game for OSU was unbelievable. Not only just the fact how high he got up there and, and caught it, but when he was coming down to like reverse his the way his body was falling to the ground and hang on to it was amazing. Mike Gundy thought. You know, Mike Gundy said he thought the defensive back was going to pop it out, but he, yeah. he hung on to it. And you know, Marcel Aitman's just an amazing football player, and he deserves a toast, even though we're not doing one. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, PFB Nate brought this up on Twitter. He, if you if you watch the catch at the very end, he was about to land on. Uh, I think he had it in his right hand, and he was about to land on his right side, and it looked like it it, it could have popped out. And at the last second, I don't even know how he did this, um, but he like he like twisted his body and landed on the other side so that he was able to secure the football. It was unbelievable. Like, I, like even in slow motion, you're like, I don't understand how he did that. It, it was, it was really for me, one of the, uh, one of the plays of the year. And, and, you know, we've seen him back in 2015, they had a fourth and he was like fourth and 10 or something, fourth and 11 against Kansas state at home driving to, to win the game. When when K State played their uh, fourth string wide receiver at quarterback, remember that game? Yeah. Um, and Rudolph goes to Aitman over the middle, and he's and he's covered, and he makes a great catch. And he, he, I don't know, we we've James Washington is obviously unbelievable, should be a first round pick, but Aitman, like you said, is a is a stud, and um, I, I think that I think. I think Rudolph has two guys that he really he really trusts a ton in any situation, and when you've got one guy like that, then you're you're dangerous. But when you got two, it's 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 hard to stop. Frankly, you know, like it's just what are you supposed to do as a defense? And and I mean, Carson, we haven't even seen Chris Lacey this year. Like, does he even play? We haven't we haven't seen. Well, he's been boy? hurt. No, I know, but like even when he's playing like they just they haven't used him that much which is crazy to think about for how talented he is so um I don't know they uh the offense as much as I'm you know be downgrading the team like they're gonna be tough (laughs) they're gonna be tough to stop over the next seven games for sure you want to get to our guest yeah real quick before I forget this take like this is just a you know the the other thing you got got more fire takes for me no it's not a fire take like (laughs) Of all the ways that this could play out, I, I sort of, I sort of enjoy this one the most, maybe because like, what you are arguing versus what I'm arguing in terms of is this a good team, is or is it a great team, is it a okay team? Like, that's like fun, right? Like that's part of like the fun of getting to discuss college football. You know, it's it's um, I don't know. So like, it, it, in terms of in that sense, like I've actually really enjoyed this this season just trying to figure out what this team is and, and what it can be in the future i haven't enjoyed tyron being in witness protection program 
That's one thing I haven't enjoyed. But no, I, I look at the article you mentioned with Kyle Boone, and there's 75 comments. It's a weird dichotomy between OSU fans because the survey that, that OKC Dave puts out, everyone's really rational. Like, oh, nine, ten wins, maybe. And then Boone says they're not national champions and people lose their minds. So it's, it's kind of an odd dichotomy there. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, okay, one, one of the issues that uh, – or one of the talking points so far this season has been uh, offensive line, I think. You know, they've been injured. They've been shuffling people around. And uh, we wanted to talk to Evan Epstein about that. He's been on – he was on what, about a month ago, Carson? Yep, something like that. So we're going to call him back, see what he has thought of the offensive line so far and, and just of the way the season's going. So it's time for the Coop Ale Works Guest of the Week. Coop Ale Works, brewing great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. For your next watch party tailgate or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coop Ale Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. Uh, so let's give him a call, and his, maybe I bet he's got some just fire takes as well to add to the mix. He pulls no punches. Hello, Evan Epstein. This is he. How are we doing, hey guys? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm fired up. Hey, this is two times in a year for me. I'm I'm feeling special. <laughs> uh, just let's start off with the tag game. What what do you think on Saturday? Was it uh, Carson and I were just kind of uh, de- debating? He thought it was a dominant performance that that should have ended in a bigger margin than it did, and I thought it was a case of Oklahoma State kind of maybe not getting the job done when they should have. I'm I'm leaning more towards uh, towards you on that one. I'm I'm kind of in the middle because I saw flashes of offensive brilliance. Um, I saw flashes of a tempo offense that cannot be stopped, and that was just imposing their will on a defense, albeit a historically terrible defense. But if you watch the telecast, all they did was talk about how Texas Tech's defense is back. Um, but we. Overall, like, when the game ended, I had a sour taste in my mouth. It's like we did everything we could to lose that game, almost just to see if we could still win it, is how it felt to me. Um, and that's not going to get it done if we're the team that we thought we were you know, when the season started. Yeah, I think Kyle kind of painted my opinion in a different light than i than i said was that some fake news no i was exactly what i was thinking in my head was fake news i mean i I think it was a dominant performance in which osu just had a lot of self-inflicted stupid wounds i mean they played very undisciplined kyle brought that up on our post game show very true like the discipline factor was severely lacking silly penalties uh, not securing an onside kick they they basically did everything in their power to keep tech in the game was my point and i don't think that which I think all that's very correctable. It wasn't a case where like the TCU game where TCU basically put it on OSU, and it, this wasn't a case where OSU was outplayed and just survived and managed to win a game they weren't supposed to. I thought I thought they were very close to blowing Tech out. Just a lot of self inflicted wounds. Oh yeah, I mean a, a few things here or there, a few mistakes fixed, and yeah, it it would have been your standard you know Oklahoma State blowing Texas Tech out, like we're all uh, you know comfortable and used to at this point 
nine years in, it seems like, but, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that's why I could kind of go both ways. It's just a lot of things that I saw that were awesome and I was getting pumped up and then it was just like mistake, 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 stupid call. And, uh, you know, I thought coach Gundy could have been a little bit more aggressive on some of his play calls. Um, and I, I think that there's some offensive weapons that we're not utilizing. I mean, I know that we, we talked about this, Carson, you and I talked about this yesterday and you're talking about how many carries, you know, Justice Hill had. And it was quite a bit, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember the number that you told me it was, but he needs more. 30. 30. He need, give it more. They couldn't stop him. Give it to him more until they can. And then you have all these wide receivers that now they're going to have to stop the run. 30 I mean, is way too many, Evan. Come on. I don't know. I, I just that game. It was weird. It just it left a lot to be desired for me. It really did. Yeah, I agree. Against it, the it, team it, that personally I'm used to destroying. I mean, we don't lose the Texas Tech. Yeah, it, it it was weird because I think coming into the season we all thought, man, this team's gonna it's gonna be 2011 ish. They're gonna hammer teams, and they did three games in the first three games. And you're like, wow, this really is gonna be like 2011. And then all of a sudden it's it's not and I, I don't know it, it'll be interesting to look back well on and... the problem that people and obviously i'm biased but people like you know they look at the flash you know they look at what everyone says is going to be the best part they look at oh we had the number one ranked wide receiver group in the country and one of the best quarterbacks in the country i'm not disputing that fact but none of that matters if we can't execute our plays because of our offensive line yeah and I had some questions at the beginning of the season. And unfortunately, in a lot of those questions, I was proving correct. And you can see that we're not able to impose our will because of some of those blocking problems that we're having. Um, Mason's been getting pressured throughout the entire season. And you see, since we've hit Big 12 play, now when he gets pressured, he kind of, it almost like he freaks out and, and throws you know less than – you know, perfect passes, which, you know, you got to keep that guy clean and it doesn't look like their blocking schemes are set up for creating a pocket. It just looks that way because, you know, our left tackle immediately turns and, and collapses the pocket. It seems like every other pass play. What, what have you seen that's been good from the offensive line? Good from the offensive line. I, I think our, each week our run blocking's improved. Um, I, I think we're fitting up on guys square and uh, putting bodies on people where they need to be, which is really good. All things considered, I mean, with, with all the injuries they've had, I think Johnny Wilson came in and played a strong, strong game at Texas Tech. And if Brad's going to be out um, for however long, I think he'll be able to be, you know, come in and, and, and do the job at center, at least physically. I don't know where he's at as far as his mental game, but, you know, the center's got a lot of responsibility on that line to, to make the right calls. And if you're not getting the right calls, it can create some problems. Um, but I think he can get the job done. I think he's going to be a good player for us. I, I was impressed with how he played. Um, the, you know, the left guard solid and Crabtree played a lot better, especially being back with a, a non-fun injury. But uh, there's a couple other guys on that line that are, are big question marks and, um, I think are, are hurting us quite a bit. 
Yeah, for a guy like yourself, Evan, who who played center, what's it like for a guy who hasn't been playing center at all to be thrown in there and have to make calls on the line? Just how big of a whirlwind would that be for a guy? You know, it really comes down to how comfortable you are with who you're playing with. You know, I, there's there's been times where, where I've made um, what we called mic points, you know, setting the defense and, and basically assigning everyone their block, where I've made completely the wrong points. But I've had you know, Lane Taylor, a four-year starter, and, you know, Brandon Webb, who I've been next to playing with since I got to Oklahoma State, that would either cover for me or make it work somehow. Um, this offensive line's a little different. You know, they've had uh, different coaches every year, it seems like, and I don't know how long they've been playing with each other. I know not very long at all. Um, so it's, it's a different situation for him, and he wasn't a true center coming out of high school. Um, you see how he snaps the top of the ball. <laughs> he holds the top of the ball and snaps it, which means uh, generally means that he's not uh, comfortable with snapping the ball in a normal way. So there's some questions there, and it's, it's not it's not going to be easy for him to come in and, and uh, um, you know make those points. But if everyone you know if everyone works together on that line, I think it's it's doable. It, I'm not sure how much the blocking schemes have changed, but when it really comes down to it, that stuff is pretty simple and it's, it's pretty intuitive once, once you're comfortable with it. Evan, have you been more impressed uh, thus far with, with the, uh, actually I was going to ask you this when you're watching a game, we were talking to Adam want Carson's boy about this a couple weeks ago. Do you watch, uh, what do you watch? Like, what are you looking at when you're watching a game? Um, so I'm a creature of habit, you know, pre-snap, I look and see what our formation is, and I try to guess the play. I'm not as good as Tony Romo, but I'm not too bad when, when I'm watching Oklahoma State because, I mean, I'm, I know all of our formations. So I try to think about what they're going to do, um, and then I look at the defense and, and look at how they're responding if there's motions and stuff. So I try to guess the play and I call blitzes out and impress my girlfriend and stuff, which she doesn't care. So I'm sure um, she's super <laughs> impressed by that. <laughs> no, not at all. Um it's mainly just for me. And then I, I watch how the offensive line fits up on their blocks. If it's a pass throw, I usually drift to the tackles and see, um, you know, how they're responding to anything like that. If we're picking up blitzes and, and that's mainly what I watch pre-snap. It's a, you know, it's a scheme. I look at the scheme and then, you know, when the ball snaps, I'm watching the offensive line and the defensive line um, and how they're responding to things that are changing or, or the play that they're running. So I'm not just watching and following the ball. What do you What do you like most about Mike Yersich and hate the most about Mike Yersich? Well, when you're watching with I've your been, girlfriend, I've been critical of him on on social media, and I'm I'm I definitely lean more towards critical of people than than positive. Um, and w- once again, I think I've only met him in passing one time, so I don't know him as a guy. I think he came in and, and, and changed an offensive system that was pretty wonderful. Now, that's in, you know, Mike Gundy brought him in to, to run an offense. I think my biggest criticism of him is I, I think he backs off when it's time to be aggressive and um, he gets caught up in the same routine. I think they're, you know, if things aren't working, he's still tries to hammer out things that aren't working instead of coming up with a way to either get back to where it's going to work or change what you're doing. Um, and, and some, some of the people that are watching the game can see that frustration. Um, 
But this year, the thing that I'm most impressed with, and I think I wish we I wish we would do it even more, is Mike Yurcich. And I don't know if this is from Coach Gundy himself because he was a big advocate of this when I was still playing. Uh, but that tempo offense, that hurry-up offense, back to you know the 17, 18 seconds between ball snaps, um, really, really messes up defenses in the Big 12. Really messes them up. They cannot respond quickly. And if you have deficiencies on offensive line, it's the best way to do it. Now, now instead of having guys that you know have to be you know perfect offensive linemen, now they just have to be in pretty good shape and understand zone blocking schemes. You don't even need to make a mic point when you do hurry up offense it's pretty much zone right or left you know or or pass protection that stuff you could see even in the tcu game he started bringing out a lot more really got them off balance and was pretty successful and i I think we need to do more of that and i've been impressed with how he's kind of brought that back which has been absent in recent years it actually kind of started dying out with monken um and we haven't seen it really true in its form until now and I, that's exciting because I think that's such a powerful weapon. And when you start seeing guys go down on the field, defensive players pretending to be hurt to stop that tempo, then you know you're doing something right. Yeah, I, I thought what you said about him um, just being stubborn and sticking with his stuff, I, I thought that was really the case against TCU. It's like it's not it's not happening like you gotta you gotta and and they kind of figured it out late but for the first three quarters it was like it just wasn't working you know and they and they wouldn't change it they wouldn't change it and and it ended up costing them the game but yeah um yeah i I, i'm curious about like so, so you're watching the offense and you feel like you've seen some good stuff you've been more impressed with the offense or the defense so far uh i think there's been bright spots in each and, uh, and, and dark spots in each. I wouldn't say I've been overly impressed with either one. Um, I'm really enjoying watching our defensive line. Um, you know, next game, just watch some of those defensive linemen and how they get after it. Those interior defensive linemen are so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, Quinn Osborne and the other guy, I can't remember his name. Um, they are doing a great job, and that, that stuff's fun to watch. But I think I share most Oklahoma State fans' frustration. It, you know, it seems like the same third down, you know, they've got a better shot at getting a fourth and two than a third and 11, um, or vice versa. And, and that's frustrating. Um, I hate when we, we change what we're doing on defense just because it's a third down and we end up getting no pressure and they just pick us apart regardless of the coverages. That stuff's frustrating. But as far as run-stopping physicality, I really like where our defense is at. I think we have a very physical defense, and, and that's fun to watch. Um, and offensively, it's like we said before. I think we're doing some good things. I would just like to see us do it consistently for an entire game. If we do that, there's, we could put 60 points on everybody in the league. But um, it, it's like consistently shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, the third downs are, are frustrating. But, to, Evan, what I really want to know is, when a kicker misses a field goal, how does the treat? How does the team treat him when he comes over to the sideline? Did you like? Did you bully a kicker if he missed? Did you like try and pick him up? Like, here's the thing: I, I would, I'd probably bully him. I you would be the I kicker, remember, Carson. I think I, I think I remember maybe only three kicks ever getting missed in my career. I mean, I had Dan Bailey and Quinn Sharp. They just didn't miss kicks, man. Oh, that's a good point. Um, you know, Quinn Sharp <laughs> missed the one in Iowa State, supposedly, but I was on the field, and I to this day, I swear to God, that thing went in. So I don't even count that as a miss. I don't even remember any specific misses that they had where it was, like, frustrating misses. And if they did, it was like, well, he's 
won us three games already because of his field goal kicking, I think we'll just let this one slide. It's not a big deal because we're going to score 70 points on everybody anyways. So it was a different story for me. We didn't need, we didn't need three points as bad as we need now. (laughs) That's true. And you had two of the best ever really at OSU. So I'm (laughs) Kyle, compare me to a kicker. What the hell? You played soccer, didn't you? Yeah. But, yeah, I thought you'd be a kicker. I thought you were a kicker, Carson. I'm not. I'm not kicker. saying I'm like. I'm not saying I should have played middle linebacker, but <laughs> I would have loved I, that. I'm not even saying I played football. I'm just saying if I were a Evan Epstein, that's what I would do. I'd bully him. <laughs> uh, I'm Evan, not a bully. I want, I'm very nice. I wanted to know. So we're all watching the game, and like it's the fourth quarter, and I, I feel like everybody who's watching the game is like freaking out and you're just, there's just so much going on and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, this is crazy. What's it like when you're on the road and you're, you're tied or you're down and it's late and you're like, wow, season's on the line. Like take, take me into the huddle there. Like, is there, is there, are there nerves? Are you, are you like cocky about it? Like what, what, what is it? What is that moment like? I mean, that's the beauty of football in and of itself is that you're with, you know, 10 other guys on the field. And then you got another 11 guys on the other side of the ball that you have to trust in too. So, I mean, we've been in some, you know, some scary situations like that, but you really just try to focus on, I know it sounds such, it's such a cliche answer, but you really just try to focus on what you can do. You know, in a situation like that, you know, my thought processes are, I'm going to try to make the right points. And I'm going to try to make these blocks and make sure that I can do whatever we can to get this play done correctly. And then on defense, you know, just, I mean, you don't even pay attention to the defense. You listen to your offensive line coach to see if we have to go out another series, if we're going to do two minute offense or whatever, what we can do to make sure that's successful. And coach Gundy does a really good job at getting his guys to really focus on what they can control and their role. Because if you're sitting there, I mean, obviously we want to win. And obviously I'm paying attention to see if the defense is going to be successful and there's nerves because I want to win. But in the same, in the same instance, <laughs> I, you know, I can't play defense. I can't run out there. Um, I just got to focus on my own stuff. And if you do that, it kind of takes away any of the, the anxiety of maybe we're going to win, maybe we're not. I mean, I remember in Iowa State, there was like maybe one thought process of like, we might lose this game. But other than that, no, it's just like, let's just pay attention to what we're doing. What are they doing that we can, we can change and, and beat them. Evan, share that story about uh, the Arizona game where you got hurt. Cause Evan and I were talking yesterday, Kyle, and I brought up the fact that Crabtree has turf toe, which is a excruciatingly painful injury that I think you just kind of have to play through. Uh, and Evan told a great story about Arizona. Evan, go ahead and share that with Kyle. What, what was the? I don't remember what we were talking about. I'm, you like broke, you like broke your an, yeah. you like broke your ankle, but they they told you it was sprained. Oh yeah, I, got, <laughs> I had a high ankle sprain that got casted, and I found out later that it was actually a fracture. And <laughs> um, and this is way after, and it's still you know the old timey like when the weather changes, it, it aches. Well, it really does. Um, but anyways, I went down on the sideline and screamed like a little girl, which my friends still make fun of me for. Um, and I got casted, missed the game, and came back and had to play against Texas. And they put enough Toradol in my butt to kill an elephant, it seemed like, just to get me out there to be able to play. <laughs> but, I mean, that's no different than any you know anyone that's ever had an injury in a college football team. You just kind of deal with it. If you can go, you can go. 
part of the issue was the game that I missed, uh, Wes Lunt got hurt that game, and they blamed it on my backup. So they're like, maybe we should just see if we can drug Evan to go play against Texas. And it was it was the most miserable game I've ever played because, I mean, it was, it was pure pain every step, but you just you deal with it. And that's why I've been actually, to kind of turn it to a serious note, that's why I've been trying to watch Crabtree intently because – as far as run blocking is concerned, and and just pass blocking, he's an aggressive player. He, play, he plays tough. Um, he's he's tenacious, which is one of the things I like watching him play. But when you have an injury like that, it, it whether you're conscious or subconscious about it, it kind of makes you back off from that way. And that was yeah. my you know that was my biggest regret of getting injured so early in the season. You know that previous year, 2011, I was I was playing guard. I was you know 20 pounds heavier and I was a very aggressive player and then you know that injury kind of made me you know double you know question whether I wanted to go jump into this pile or whether I wanted to you know do certain things that you wouldn't think about before you know just because of that injury so the thing that's one thing to watch I think something that's been interesting about the season so far is how much shifting there's been on the offensive line. You know, um, Gundy said after the game that I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Tevin Jenkins had, had was playing a position on Saturday that he's never played before. How how difficult is that as a lineman to, if you're a if you're a right guard to say, hey, go play left guard and figure it out during the middle of a game? Is that is that something that that linemen are prepared for, or how, how hard is that? It, it happens all the time, and you want to believe that you're prepared for it, but everyone's got a preference for the most part. Until you get, you know, years and years into college or go to the NFL, you know, everyone has a preference of which side they like. And when you have to switch sides, um, it it almost makes you a little bit more hesitant. It make it seems like you're you're not as fast off the ball. I mean, I'm, I I played right guard at Oklahoma State, and then I played center, and then I, we that that all-star game after the season that Texas versus the nation game that Lane and I played in, I was playing left guard at that game. And I was just like, Oh my God, I, I feel like I'm going to get killed because I just don't. I mean, I, I could obviously play left. I know how to do all the steps. I'm not doing anything weird. I'm just a little bit more hesitant to move as quickly as I, I normally would for some reason. So I don't think he switched sides. He went from what tackle to guard or, or something like that. Um, that's a little different, but the, the biggest difference is obviously going to be, you know, your assignments. Guards, guards assignments from tackles assignments are vastly different, and each position requires something completely different and honestly different mindset. Um, you're thinking about different things as a guard than as a tackle. So that's going to be tough. But I've seen him play both throughout the season. Um, I think he's got a lot of room to improve, uh, a lot of room to improve. But um, – not the worst. Last question, Evan. How bad am I going to beat you at golf today? Um, I cannot confirm nor deny that we have a tee time later today. I just hope we don't get rained on. And, oh, it's uh, fine. It's fine. You never beat me at golf, ever. and never I, will. I beat you the only time we played. What are you talking about? That's, that's fake news right there. <laughs> uh, before you go, Evan, uh, plug your uh, po- – are you going to do a podcast, right? Plug it. Yeah, we're actually – yeah, we're developing a podcast. Um, my friend Bronson Irwin, uh, who played at OU, and uh, we've we've kind of 
gathered the bannermen, if you will. We've got all kinds of various offensive linemen from all different kinds of schools that are going to come on and, and talk about stuff. And it's going to be obviously a sports-centric podcast, but we're going to dip into probably a lot of different um, interesting topics one way or the other. And it's going to be a little bit more uh, there's going to be a little bit more freedom on the podcast, uh, I'd say, than, than the stuff that we've been doing on the radio. So should definitely check it out. I think it's going to be called Offensive Lines. Offensive Lines, I believe. Offensive. I have to check with, uh, check with my partner there. But, I like um, that. That's good. I'll let you guys know for sure. I'll force you to retweet it. Carson, I'll just hack your Twitter. I have your password. <laughs> anyway, so. A free-flowing <laughs> conversation amongst big ogres. I, I love it. Yeah. We have opinions and feelings too, okay? Uh, I'm looking forward to it, Evan. Thanks for uh, coming <laughs> on. Yeah, it'll be fun. I appreciate yeah, dude, it. That's that's fantastic. Good luck with that, and uh, we you. will uh, we'll plug it any way we can. I appreciate it. All right, see you, Evan. Kick Carson's right. ass in Bye. golf today. Oh, I will. And even if I don't, I'll lie about it anyway. So that's that's an <laughs> that's an offensive line right there. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, Evan. Let's talk All to you, right. everybody. Take care, guys. See you. Bye. Okay. Evan Epstein's got his own podcast. I didn't even know that. That's that's fantastic. Well, he's about to start. I don't know if they've started yet, but uh, yeah, him and uh, Bronson Irwin have become pretty good friends, and they're going to start their own podcast. So there's plenty of pods to go around. So uh, I, I, you hear Evan talk. I mean, he's he's a natural. So yeah, his podcast will probably surpass us in the iTunes ranks pretty soon. <laughs> okay, I want to talk about a couple things you said, but uh, real quick, Carson, we need to do our uh, our uni review. Uh, let's, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, by the way, shout out to Chris's for uh, for running our uh, our uh, apparel operation. Our our PFB store is open. You got some shirts in the mail. Yeah, um, is that is that where they is that where they came from, Chris's? Yeah. Cause they got here fast. Like I'm talking like a day I ordered them and then I went to Lubbock and then I got an email saying they were at my house. <laughs> I was like, wow, I thought they'd be there when I got back, but not that yeah. quick. Yeah. They've been, they've been awesome to work with. Um, and, and there's, there's some synergy there cause they were already sponsoring the pod and, uh, yeah, it's, been, it's been great. People should go check it out. We've got a, uh, a <laughs> Gundy mullet shirt. We've got some, some PFB gear. We've got a bunch of other stuff that we're going to add later in the fall. But uh, if you're contributing to the site, then you uh, will either get a, uh, a credit to the store or uh, if you're already contributing, you, you will have already gotten one from us via email. So appreciate everybody doing that and hope you, uh, hope you enjoy the gear. Can they, can they get the shirts at Chris's or just online? Just online, we didn't want to. We didn't want to make it too confusing. Um, and they've got their own stuff in store, so we, we're just doing it online. Okay. Um, so yeah, uni review. Uh, I think I think we're on the same page here. It was it was awesome. Ah, uh, awesome. It was. I thought it was solid. Okay, so maybe we're not on we, the same page. So I you was, you were in love. I thought it was pretty great. I love the gray pants. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I'm not one of those that gets like super upset. There was no orange, but, uh, no, I, I thought it was really, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good, good, solid road look. Uh, it was very Oregon-y, you know, like when Oregon doesn't wear green or yellow. Yeah. And you, you can barely tell they're Oregon. That's kind of what it looked like with Oklahoma state, but I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. And, uh, Kyle, 
I was down on the field for the first time this season. I uh, came across Tyron Johnson at field level. It's the only it time was, you saw him, probably. It was an experience. It, it looked like Odell Beckham was in my presence. I, I, I tweet. I took a picture of him and tweeted it. I was like, "If OSU does not get this guy the ball, they are they are idiots." And sure enough, they didn't. So, um, I, okay. So I've got a hot. I've got a hot uniform take. I I don't know if I love the uh, the numbers on the unis. The black numbers. Why? Yeah, the the black with the it's black with the orange outline, correct? Yeah, right. Before the season, we thought that was a, a great addition. Now you're you're changing your tune. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I almost feel like it'd be better if if it was orange numbers. I uh, I think the black goes better with all the helmets. The white yeah. helmet it goes better. Everything else. Yeah. The only thing it doesn't go well with is um, orange pants, I guess. But I don't know. I like the black numbers better. I think they stand out better. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I might be a little down on him. I, I did have a. Uh, I think I'm. Are, are we still doing silver medal for or the the uni yeah. the Heisman runner up? Yeah, silver medal. Uh, Who you got? Trey Flowers. Yes, he's great. He looks awesome. Like he yeah, he might be fantastic. like a, he might be a permanent silver medalist for me. I also thought that uh, I always want to call him Danny Amendola, but Matt Amendola. I thought for a kicker he looked solid until he kicked it. Um, <laughs> You can't you can't bring him up anything positive. No, I I thought he I think he wears the uni well for a kicker. He's got the orange shoes and um yeah, so I I thought he was he was all right. But yeah, Trey Flowers was uh I think he went like he went like I mean, he always does this, but the tights with the black socks and he just mm-hmm. he's a he's a intimidating presence in the secondary. I, I enjoy watching him. Uh, I have two candidates. Let me review my photos here. I took a few photos on the field, so I'd remember. Uh, I think uh, Jalen McCleskey, he wears a solid uniform. He wears the long socks no matter what the uniform combo is. I'm a big fan of that. And a guy we don't ever talk about who I think wears it pretty well is a, is the quarterback, Mason Rudolph. He had the long black, like the court, the three-quarter sleeves. They were black underneath his jersey. He's got a cool face mask. I mean, Mason Rudolph does a pretty good job for a quarterback. <laughs> for a quarterback. Well, yeah. I mean, like well, you I look thought... at like uh, you know some quarterbacks wear like a big goofy face mask. He's got a he's got a solid look. <laughs> See, I always thought I always thought Zach was like uh, Uni Heisman candidate every week. Like he was he was great. So I, I've I've never it's never been like a. Uh, like a uh, grading on a, a scale for me with quarterbacks. Well, I mean, Whedon was solid too. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the three quarter sleeves. I think that's, I think that's terrific. And I was thinking about this. I don't think I've ever seen Rudolph not wear them. Like, have you ever seen him um, just like, just seen as just, this sounds just absurd to say out loud, but here, <laughs> have you ever seen his bare arms? Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, there's a million photos on Google in his uniform without three quarter sleeves. Okay. Well, actually, now that you mention it, most of the time he does actually, but like Texas last year, he wasn't wearing them. I think if it's really hot. He doesn't, but he was wearing them in West Virginia last year. Uh, at Baylor last year, he wasn't wearing them. So it's kind of hit or miss. Okay. 
I, I I was mistaken. I didn't I didn't go through all the the photos. You can you can you can Google and him see his bare arms if you'd like. <laughs> can we move on, please? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to wrap up. You ready? You got any more takes for me? Yeah, I I just uh, not really. I I thought that. Um, I thought that Evan said some some interesting stuff. I, I thought what he said about Yurcich resonates. Like, I feel like he gets a little stubborn sometimes, and I don't know if that's a Yurcich thing, if it's a Gundy thing, if it's a, I don't I don't know what it is. But it's like you gotta you gotta try something different. Like you gotta you gotta get out of your stuff and try some different stuff. You know. Um, so I, I thought that was a pretty interesting take. Um, I'm trying to think of what else he said. He's right about the offensive line. Like they they have not they've been. I think good, not great, and, and, and the injuries haven't helped. Um, they looked awesome in week one when Justice Hill ran for 140 yards or whatever it was, and um, I think they've been okay since then, but just not – they haven't been elite, and you, you ha- I think you have to be at least really, really good to, to win a Big 12 title. And I thought what he said about tempo was interesting because you, you can kind of, you can kind of uh, mitigate – uh, maybe some some uh, shortcomings with going fast, and and maybe they should try that more. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I love when they go fast, but it also it can hurt your defense if you go three and out real fast too. And on the offensive line, I'm I'm willing to give them a pass just because they're they're decimated right now yeah. with injuries. Yeah. I mean, just decimated, and you're just you're you're just not going to be as good when that happens, no matter who you are, any any team. So, but hopefully they can get healthy. They got a week off to get healthy. And, uh, but yeah, like you and I talked about it, like even in the pick game, Mason was pressured like 11 times. So it's, yeah. they haven't been, they haven't been as good as we thought this far, but, um, they kind of get a, a lull here in the schedule. Yeah. Gunny's going to try and be Baylor by like a thousand. <laughs> uh, real quick before I, w- I want to get a prediction from you for your uh, golf score today, but let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's university spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, you and Evan are playing this afternoon. Are you going to break uh, Are you gonna break 90? Oh, yeah, that would be a terrible round if I didn't. I've been, uh, although I haven't been playing much lately. I, I was playing two or three times a week. Now I haven't played in a couple weeks. So uh, I... Uh, I'm predicting an 86 out of me, okay. which would be just just okay. My my career low is 82, so you would beat me by 10 strokes. I haven't played since the um, Karsten Creek. Oh wow! Yeah, you Karsten Creek me. just demor just demoralized you. <laughs> Took it out. You of sp- you sprayed it all over the place and just haven't been back. <laughs> I just I just put the clubs in the closet for the for the rest of the year. <laughs> you just cover golf. You don't play it. I get you. Uh, okay, Carson, enjoy uh, this afternoon with Evan, and uh, we will talk later on in the week. Okay, I'll tweet out our uh, scorecard later today. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Let's see it. Okay. okay. See you, dude. Talk to you later.